Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Jayam Vishnupad, Paramahamsa Bhadimraj Gacharya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam today. I know it's supposed to be Chaitanya Charitamrita day, but we're building up to or trying to prepare our consciousness for Lord Nishingadev's appearance day coming up on Wednesday, right? Or t- the 6th, I think. So we're going to continue reading a little bit from Srimad Bhagavatam, 7th Canto, Prahlad's Prayers today. And yeah, the verse is uh, chapter 9, verse 19, I'm pretty sure. Canto 7, chapter 9, verse 19. Yes, Balasya is the first word. <clears throat> so it will be coming up on the board momentarily. But meanwhile, everybody has on their phone. And did you find it? Yep. You got it, Tidia? Yeah. Yeah, almost there. Almost there. Okay, so we'll do the verse now. Balasya neha sharanam pitaro nirsingha. Balasya neha sharanam pitaro nirsingha. Nartasya chagadamudan vatimajato Taptasya tat pratividhirya ihanja sishtas. Taptasya tat 
Tavad vibotanum pritam tavupitvarupekshitanum. Balasya neha sharanam pitaro nusinha. Nartasya chaga damudan vatimaj jatau Taptasya tat pratividirya ihanjasishtas. Tavad vibotanu britam tvarupekshitanam. Bhalasya neha sharanam pitarauna singha. Nartasya chagadamudhanvati majjatau nao. Taptasya tat pratividirya ihanjaseshtas. Tavad vibotanu vritam tvarupekshitanam. Word for word. Balasya. Balasya. 
of a little child. Na, not, iha, in this world. Sharanam, shelter, protection. Pitarao, the father and mother. Nushinga, oh my lord Nushinga Dev. Na, neither. Artasya, of a person suffering from some disease. Cha, also. Agadam, medicine. Udanvati, in the water of the ocean. Majata, of a person who is drowning. Now, the boat. Taptasya, of a person suffering from a condition of material misery. Tat prativiti, the counteraction invented for stopping the suffering of material existence. Ya, that which. Iha, in this material world. Anjasa, very easily. Ishta, Ishta, accepted as a remedy. Tavat, similarly. Vibo, O my Lord, O Supreme. Tanubritam, of the living entities who have accepted material bodies. Twat upekshitanam, who were neglected by you and not accepted by you. Srila Prabhupada's translation and purport, Ki Jai. My Lord Nishingadev. O Supreme, because of a bodily conception of life, embodied souls neglected and not cared for by you cannot do anything for their betterment. Whatever remedies they accept, although perhaps temporarily beneficial, are certainly impermanent. For example, a father and mother cannot protect their child. A physician and medicine cannot receive a suffering patient and a boat on the ocean cannot protect a drowning man. Purport. Through parental care, through remedies for different kinds of disease, and through means of protection on the water, in air, and on land, there is always an endeavor for relief from various kinds of suffering in the material world, but none of them are guaranteed measures for protection. They may be beneficial temporarily, but they afford no permanent benefit. Despite the presence of a father and mother, the child cannot be protected from accidental death, disease, and various other miseries. No one can help, including the parents. Ultimately, the shelter is the Lord, and one who takes shelter of the Lord is protected. This is guaranteed. As the Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 9.31, 
ಕೌಂತೆಯ ಪ್ರತಿಜಾನೀ ನಮೇ ಭಕ್ತ ಪ್ರನಾಶ್ಯತಿ ಓ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕುಂತಿ ಡಿಕ್ಲೇರ್ ಬೋಲ್ಡ್ಲಿ ದಟ್ ಮೈ ದೋಡಿ ನೆವರ್ ಪ್ಯಾರಿಶಸ್ therefore unless one is protected by the mercy of the lord no remedial measure can act effectively one should consequently depend fully on the causeless mercy of the lord although as a matter of routine duty one must of course accept other remedial measures no one can protect one who is neglected by the supreme personality of godhead In this material world everyone is trying to counteract the onslaught of material nature but everyone is ultimately fully controlled by material nature therefore even though so-called philosophers and scientists try to surmount the onslaught of material nature they have not been able to do so Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 13:9 that the real sufferings of the material world are four janma mrityu jara vyadi birth death old age and disease in the history of the world no one has been successful in conquering these miseries imposed by material nature prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha nature prakriti is so strong that no one can overcome her stringent laws so-called scientists philosophers religionists and politicians should therefore conclude that they cannot offer facilities to the people in general they should make vigorous propaganda to awaken the populace and raise them to the platform of krishna consciousness our humble attempt to propagate the krishna consciousness movement all over the world is the only remedy that can bring about a peaceful and happy life We can never be happy without the mercy of the Supreme Lord. Twad upekshitanam. If we keep displeasing our Supreme Father, we shall never be happy within this material world in either the upper or lower planetary systems. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya ಚಕ್ಷೂರೂನ್ಮಿಲಿತೀಷ್ಟೀಗುರುಂಭೈಷ್ಣವಾ ಶ್ರೀರೂಪಾಗ್ರಜಾತ ಸಹಗಣಾರಘುನಥೀವ ಸಾಧ್ವೈತ ಸಾವಧೂತ ಪರಿಜನ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯದೇವೀರಾಧಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದ ಸಹಗಣಲಿತಶಕನ್ವಿತೃಷ್ಣಕರುಣಸಿಂಧು ದೀನಬಂಧು ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಕಾಂತಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತಕಂಚನ ಗೌರಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವೀ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ವಂಚಕಲ್ಪತುರುಭ್ಯಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯ ಪತಿತಾ ಪಾವನೆಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ
Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So I'm begging the blessings of all the assembled devotees here, online, everywhere to be able to share something that is beneficial for our spiritual lives. Hare Krishna. The verse again is, O my Lord Narsingadev, O Supreme, because of, bodily, because of a bodily conception of life, embodied souls neglected and not cared for by you cannot do anything for their betterment. Whatever remedies they accept, although perhaps temporarily beneficial, are certainly impermanent. For example, a father and mother cannot protect their child. A physician and medicine cannot relieve a suffering patient, and a boat on the ocean cannot protect a drowning man. So, this verse is one of, one of Prahlad Maharaja's prayers to Lord Nishingadev. And he is stressing the point of what is the ultimate shelter, what is the ultimate protection that one can achieve in life. And I noticed, I've been reading these prayers for the past few weeks now, on and off, and I've been recognizing this theme very strongly throughout uh, Prahlad Maharaj's prayers and throughout his dialogues in the seventh canto, where he is stressing that one should not endeavor to take shelter in the material world. He speaks about it uh, at the beginning, initially when Hiranyakashipu first takes him on his lap. And he says, my dear son, what have you learned? It happens at least twice, maybe three times. But the first time when Prahlad Maharaj is asked this question by his demoniac father, he responds that anyone who is in the conception, in, in the bodily conception of life, they are bound to be in anxiety because the body is bound to end today or tomorrow and the soul is eternal. And so therefore one should take shelter, one should endeavor in Krishna consciousness. And then later, when he's speaking to his classmates, he makes the same points, stressing that material life, uh, do not endeavor in this way for material happiness, material uh, protection. And we see it throughout his prayers. And I, I was noticing it coming up a lot in the purports of Prabhupada. Of course, it's there throughout Prabhupada's purports in the Bhagavatam that material life is not 
sufficient for bringing happiness. But the, specifically the point of protection I wanted to look into and discuss how we seek protection in the material conception of life. And <clears throat> how this protection is ultimately fallible. So Prahlad Maharaj is giving this example that the suffering patient cannot be cured, even though we may open so many hospitals, if ultimately that person is destined to die, then they may have the best medicine, and yet they'll still die. On the other hand, someone might, by some miracle, seeming miracle by Krishna's mercy, uh, overcome all odds and make it through some terrible disease. And he gives the example of the boat on the ocean cannot protect a drowning man. So in material life, we have so many ideas of how we are <clears throat> protecting ourselves. Of Well, first of all, being in material existence means that we have to have some protection. Because body is ultimately destined to die one way or another to be destroyed and so in material civilization today we have so many ways that we are uh, trying to protect ourselves from the onslaught as Prabhupada says the onslaught of material nature so <clears throat> I'd like to just discuss for a few minutes some things that we have to protect ourselves from in material existence. What are a few things that living in the material world, being born in the material world, it's, it's a concomitant factor that you have to protect yourself from. Nothing? You don't have to protect yourself from anything. That's very good. Mother Nature is taking it to the deepest level right away. And ultimately, the ultimate enemy is uncontrolled mind. Yeah, and we'll get to that, hopefully. Anything else, just even in just material existence? Well, it's sort of, it's sort of like the old material spiritual, which is association. Because even in the material world, if you associate with people that's like lazy and like, like say for instance, you're a millionaire, if you associate with people that's lazy and doesn't get things done, then that's not going to work. So association. Association, so we have to protect ourselves from bad association. Yeah, very good points. Hunger and thirst, those are the things I was thinking of. <laughs> Just very bodily 
platform, right? Like the body every day has to have food and has to drink something. The elements, the elements weather. Yeah. People want to steal your things or people that, or even just um, want to injure you, like, right? How many different ways can the body become injured or diseased? I was talking with Nitai Prabhu the other day and he was sharing how, you know, after working in the med medical field, he was just saying it's, it's actually a miracle that the body actually you know, works. It's more of a miracle that it works every day than that it doesn't like get a disease or then it gets a disease and it gets cured or something. And so yeah, these are other things. And uh, yeah, we discussed, of course, one that's very relevant for today is diseases. We have to protect the body from so many different diseases and injuries. So then, what are some ways that we actually try to uh, defend ourselves from these things in modern day or in general? How do we try to protect ourselves in interior life? Just thinking in terms of protecting yourself from people who are harming a lot of the times, especially in the United States, people write it down. Yeah, so get some firearms for defense. How else? Um, for, for my example, I would say just associate good association and avoid just pick it and avoid it. Okay, so if we want to protect ourselves from bad association, then we can find good association. Okay. What else in terms of uh, from the bodily necessities of life? You know, how many, if you think of society in general, what ways are we trying to protect ourselves? Tadia? Well, we lock our doors every night. We lock our doors every night. And even the fact of just having a home, right? We spend, we get so much money. We spend so much time and energy. We work so hard to, you know, have a roof over our house, house head, roof over our head, so that we can, uh, yeah, lock our doors and remain safe in that way. Mm -hmm. Mother Nidra. Yeah, especially with, you know, unstable economy and things. People are talking about how we have to be self-sufficient and grow our own food. And even as, when it comes to getting food and maintaining the body, we are uh, 
you know, stocking so many thousands of pounds of food in our homes and in grocery stores in general. They're every day supplying so much food. So in today's society, the more, you know, hopefully this discussion has helped us to get a little bit of an idea of how prevalent uh, this need of, of protection or uh, defense is for, this, for the living entity and how much it's there in society. We're, we have millions of dollars, just hospitals in general. The whole point of a hospital is to protect one from ultimate death, right? And how much money is going into that? And then we're talking about food, you know, uh, harvesting so much food and having it in, in hospitals. And so it's, you know, any logical person will accept that we are very dependent. We are very dependent on all of these things for protection and maintenance. And yet the interesting thing in society today is that we pride ourselves on being independent. We think that, yeah, I worked a job, I made the money, and I'll go to the grocery store and get what I need. Or I can, uh, we take, we are, we are taking shelter in ultimately in these fallible soldiers of community, um, medicine, the boat on the water. And it's ironically, uh, it's ironic that, you know, from time to time these things come back and, and really humanity becomes so humbled. I'm thinking of two things in, in, speci in specifically, those of you who know about the Titanic. It was, you know, the, the great, maybe the first cruise ship ever or something. And it was being prided as, you know, the unsinkable ship. And, and <clears throat> on its maiden voyage, it ran into an iceberg and sank. And yet the whole, you know, thrust of the, of the ship was that this is, you know, the greatest achievement of human society. We have become so powerful we can you know, travel over the ocean. And it's, it's so ironic. And similarly, what we're seeing today, human society, I was hearing my spiritual master talk about how scientists recently <clears throat> were saying that yeah, because of our advancement in, in material, you know, medicine, we can, uh, we don't have to worry anymore about new diseases coming because we've, you know, advanced so much in our scientific prowess that we don't have to worry about these things. And since then, so many, so many different diseases have been coming. And specifically this current issue that we're dealing with is humbling the whole world. <clears throat> so material shelter is not ultimate shelter. And as conditioned souls, we are always taking shelter. It's not a matter of, oh, are, 
you know, it's not a matter of taking shelter or not taking shelter. It's a matter of what are you taking shelter of? Are we taking shelter in our material concocted remedies or are we taking shelter of something that is infallible and eternal? So now the other side of the story is how is it that Krishna consciousness taking shelter of Krishna is ultimate shelter? That is ultimate protection. Some may say that, well, yeah, you religious people are just, you know, you, you get a little bit of a nice sentiment about just taking shelter of, you know, God and some imaginary being and, you know, you, it helps you with your stress, so that's okay, but it's not actually the shelter, it's not real shelter. Because we see devotees, they also die, they also get diseases, they also get sick. So how is it that taking shelter of Krishna is real shelter? Any thoughts? Manindra? Yeah, because Krishna is the ultimate reality, then taking shelter of Krishna brings us to that ultimate sense of reality. It's discussed, it, it's mentioned at the beginning of the verse here that because of a bodily conception of life, embodied souls neglected and not cared for by you cannot do anything for their betterment. So in Krishna consciousness, we are becoming freed from this bodily conception of life. And how is that giving ultimate shelter? It's, help, it's bringing us in touch with the ultimate reality, like you're mentioning, Manitra, that actually the soul is eternal, part and parcel of Krishna, and not perishable. And it's not a, just a sentimental idea, it's an actual experience that there is a sense of relief that one gets by thinking, okay, yeah, maybe, yeah, I'm eternal. But Krishna consciousness is about actually experiencing that. Experiencing the eternal reality of the soul and the activities of the soul on the spiritual platform. So it's awakening the eternal life of the living entity. Whereas all the remedies that we find in, in material civilization, as it said, they may be temporarily beneficial, but ultimately they are certainly impermanent. So even one may have protection throughout their life, but no one can conquer the ultimate disease of letting go of the material body.
So Prahlad Maharaj is stating this. He's in his ecstatic devotion, offering his respects to Lord Nishingadev and emphatically stating that uh, you are the only real shelter. And this material world is a false shelter. It's full of so many false shelters that can't actually give real protection. So, this is on the material platform. For devotees, they are protected by the Lord in the materially and also spiritually. So, materially, Prahlad Maharaj was protected in so many different ways. And spiritually, he's explaining that one is protected by coming to Krishna consciousness and reawakening their actual spiritual nature. And I wanted to now, that we have a little time, discuss a little more in relation to, well, a few things. Um, maybe we can discuss a little bit about how protection on the spiritual platform, what that looks like. So, coming to realize one's spiritual nature is ultimate protection. And along that path, right, when we're talking about walking the path of Krishna consciousness, there are so many obstacles that come up. Right? Anartas that have to be cleared out. So Lord Nishingadev also is protecting and destroying his name is Bhakti what is it? Vigna Vinash Nishinga. Means that he destroys all the obstacles in the way of a devotee's path. So this is on a deeper spiritual platform that devotees take shelter of the Lord for, in general, for even material protection. And on a deeper level, they're taking shelter of the Lord in order to destroy the material inclination, the deep-rooted desire for enjoying in the material world. And this is also stated in the bhajan by Bhaktivinoda Thakur that Bhagopal, her movement, uh, that he shared. So we can read that maybe towards the end of this class. Uh, but I would like to also, since this is usually Chaitanya Charitamrita Day, uh, read a little bit from the Adi Lila about one way in which Lord Nishingadeva is specifically interested in the Sankirtan movement and protecting the Sankirtan movement. While I was in India last, we went to Nishingapali, which is a very beautiful uh, and ancient temple in uh, near near Mayapur. And 
Vaisheshika Prabhu was sharing very beautifully how Lord Narsingadev is intimately related with uh, Radha Krishna worship, actually. And he said that it's actually a misconception that Narsingadev is a Vaikuntha deity, or some, somehow lesser, and that you know, we actually want to be worshipping Radha and Krishna. And again, this is mentioned in the, the bhajan that we can look at towards the end. But we see throughout Lord Chaitanya's pastimes various different examples of Lord Nishingadev taking uh, special interest and care in protecting the devotees of the Sankirtan movement. And of course, in our Mayapur temple, the famous Nishingadev deity is. Uh, has so many beautiful pastimes in which he was protecting his, de his devotees. So what I'll read here is just a few verses that are coming in the Adi Lila. It's a description of Lord Chaitanya's youth. And during that description, there's a description of the The Kazi coming and threatening the devotees that if they didn't stop their Sankirtan, then they would all be arrested and came aggressively and broke the Murdanga drum and said, Stop this Sankirtan. And then Lord Chaitanya was fearless and said, Grab up the drums, tell everybody we're going to go tonight. And we're going to march to the Kazis. And it's described in Chaitanya Bhagavat that there were you know, thousands among thousands of people. And they had torches and they were dancing and singing. And they, they marched up to the Kazi. It was the first nonviolent protest in India's history. So they arrive at the Kazi's house and so many thousands of devotees were there. And some were even becoming a little uh, aggressive and angry and saying, kill the Kazi, kill the Kazi. But Lord Chaitanya appeased them a bit, calmed them down, and uh, went to speak with the Kazi. And they had a dialogue, a, a quite an extensive dialogue about details and philosophy of the Quran versus the Vedic literatures. And then they have a discussion. And, or after this discussion, Lord Chaitanya asks them a question. So I'll just read a few verses here. So Lord Chaitanya says, My dear uncle, I wish to ask you another question. Please tell me the truth. Do not try to cheat me with tricks. In your city, there is always congregational chanting of the holy name. A tumultuous uproar of music, singing and dancing is always going on. As a Muslim magistrate, you have the right to oppose the performance of Hindu ceremonies, but yet now you do not forbid them. I cannot understand the reason why. The Kazi said, Everyone calls you Gora Hari. Please let me dress 
let me address you by that name. Kindly listen, O Gorohari. If you come to a private place, I shall explain the reason. The Lord replied, All these men are my confidential associates. You may speak frankly. There is no reason to be afraid of them. The Kazi said, When I went to the Hindu's house, broke the drum, and forbade the performance of congregational chanting, in my dreams that very night I saw a greatly fearful lion roaring very loudly, his body like a human being's and his face like a lion's. While I was asleep, the lion jumped on my chest, laughing fiercely and gnashing his teeth. Placing his nails on my chest, the lion said in a grave voice, I shall at once bifurcate your chest as you broke the Murdunga drum. You have forbidden the performance of my congregational chanting. Therefore, I must destroy you. Being very much afraid of him, I closed my eyes and trembled. Seeing me so afraid, the lion said, I have defeated you just to teach you a lesson, but I must be merciful to you. On that day, you did not create a very great disturbance. Therefore, I have excused you and not taken your life. But if you perform such activities again, I shall not be tolerant. At that time, I shall kill you, your entire family, and all the meat eaters. After saying this, the lion left, but I was very much afraid of him. Just see the marks of his nails on my heart. After this description, the Kazi showed his chest. Having heard him and seen the marks, all the people there accepted the wonderful incident. The Kazi continued, I did not speak to anyone about this incident, but on that very day, one of my orderlies came to see me. After coming to me, the orderly said, When I went to stop the congregational chanting, suddenly flames struck my face. My beard was burned and there was blisters on my cheeks. Every orderly who went gave the same description. After seeing this, I was very much afraid. I asked them not to stop the congregational chanting, but to go sit down at home. So the description continues, but it's a little taste from CC showing how Lord Nishingadev is intimately related with the Sankirtan movement and directly taking interest to protect the devotees and help them in their endeavors, endeavors to push on the chanting of the holy names. Any comments or questions?
So which part exactly are you saying? Oh, don't stop the congregational chanting, but go sit down at home. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, it's eternally relevant. And um, that was my attempt, humble attempt, to try to bring something a little bit relevant for today because there are so many difficulties that come up when it comes to um, spreading the Krishna consciousness movement or taking up a spiritual life, trying to make progress in spiritual life. So many obstacles come in the way and so the devotees are very enthusiastic to take shelter of Lord Nishingadev and um, be able to overcome these obstacles and continue somehow or other pushing on the, the Sankirtan movement. I was appreciating hearing that word to be able to buy things here too. So I was just imagining what that sounds like. Really intense lighting coming into like you think he's gonna kill you if he's laughing. But it seems but I was just thinking that it's like it's like sort of playful also. He likes the cousins because he's his his uncle in a loving relationship, so he's he's also like I don't know, maybe I'm speculating, but it seems like it was like playful but at the same you know, it was a warning but at the same time he likes him.
like everyone's on the level of like just trying to enjoy their senses, but a little higher than that where it's where it's like, okay, let's like help each other enjoy our senses. And then really there's no satisfaction that comes from that. Yeah. Just to reflect. Thank you. Yeah, the point I was trying to stress there is that whatever little independence we think we have is actually illusory because we're always dependent on someone either materially or spiritually. So devotees, they choose to be dependent on Krishna rather than trying to take shelter and protection from illusory material things.
Thank you for sharing. Okay, so all glories to Lord Nishingadev. Gantaraj Sriman Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Premanam Devi.